بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد so today we're moving on to hadith number 23 عن أبي مالك الحارث بن عاصم الأشعري رضي الله تعالى عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الطهور شطر الإيمان والحمد لله تملأ الميزان الطهور purification is half of Iman and Alhamdulillah fills the scales وسبحانالله والحمدلله تملأان أو تملأ ما بين السماء والأرض and Subhanallah and Alhamdulillah they fill what is between the sky and the earth وصلات نور وصدقة برهان وصبر ضياء الصلاة is a light charity is a proof patience is again a light والقرآن حجة لك أو عليك and the Quran is a proof for you or against you كل الناس يغدو فبائع نفسه فمعتقها أو موبقها All people they depart i.e. they depart in the morning and so they either sell themselves or rather فبائع نفسه and so they sell themselves either freeing it or destroying it meaning either liberating their soul freeing their soul or destroying it reported by Imam Muslim Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al-Abbad's explanation to this hadith is divided into eight parts part number one concerning the statement of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam when he said at-tuhur shatrul iman at-tuhur purification is half of iman what is at-tuhur in reference to what is purification in reference to the scholars they have mentioned concerning these two opinions there is the opinion that at-tuhur it is in reference to purification from shirk from dhunub and ma'asi purification from polytheism and sins and disobedience there's a group of scholars that explain this statement of the Prophet ﷺ when he said purification is half of faith meaning purification from polytheism sins, wrongdoing And then there are those scholars that have explained it to mean wudu, at-tuhur here, purification here is in reference to al-wudu. And this is the strongest opinion. The opinion that when the Prophet said 
At-tuhur, shatrul iman. Purification is half of iman. That purification in this hadith is in reference to wudu. This particular opinion is the strongest opinion. Why? Because of another narration, another wording of this, uh, of this narration, where the messenger explicitly said, Al-wudu'u shatrul iman. Wudu is half of Iman. There is another wording to this uh, narration. A wording that is found in the Sunan of Imam Tirmidhi. Within which the messenger, rather than saying, Al-Wudu'u shatrul Iman, it is narrated that he said, rather than him saying, At-Tuhuru shatrul Iman, it is narrated that he said, Al-Wudu'u shatrul Iman. Wudu is half of Iman. So because of a wording, to this particular narration within which the messenger has explicitly mentioned al-wudu being half of iman and the strongest opinion in explanation of this term at-tuhur is that it means al-wudu at-tuhur purification is in reference to wudu wudu is half of iman And this therefore highlights the importance of al-wudu and the virtue of al-wudu. That without al-wudu there is no salah. If a person performs the salah without the purification, يعني al-wudu or that which takes the place of wudu, يعني التيمم. If a person prays that salah, then without that purification, without that uh, purification, then that salah would be invalid. As the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, لا تقبل صلاة بغير طهور Salah is not accepted without purification, meaning wudu. One small point that the Shaykh Abdul Muhsin Abad, he mentions, is that in this hadith, al-tuhur has been mentioned with a dhammah on top of the ta or a fatha on top of the ta. Has it been mentioned with the vowel dhamma, the dhamma vowel or the fatha vowel? Has it been mentioned with the vowel that makes the oot sound or the vowel that makes the at sound? Dhamma, tuhur. And therefore, uh, the Sheikh is saying that when a tuhur or when this word taha wa ra has been mentioned with a dhamma on top of the ta, and so it's, it's read. Tuhur, that in reference to the fi'l, the action. At-tuhur, with a dhamma, is in reference to the action, meaning it's in reference to uh, the wudu. Whereas if it had a fatha on top of it, if there was a fatha on top of the ta, how would it be read then? Huh? No, so ta would be in reference to what? Does anybody know? Anybody besides Yahya? Mm. The state? Not the state. Tuhur with the Dhamma is in reference to the action of making wudu. Tahur is in reference to Aywa. It's in reference to the thing that you're using to make wudu with yani the water <coughs> similar to what 
similar to what? Aywa, suhoor, which is in reference to the action of uh, having your, uh, eat your, your feed or meal. Whereas the sahur or the sahur is the thing that you are, uh, you're eating before the, before the dawn. Tamam. That was part number one. Part number two. Walhamdulillahi tamla'ul mizan. Wa subhanallahi walhamdulillahi tamlani wa tamla'u ma bayna samai wal ard. Alhamdulillah fills a scale. Subhanallah and alhamdulillah they fill that which is between the heaven and the earth. Meaning they fill it with reward. Now, this particular wording here, the Arabic wording, in it, the narrator, he said that the subhanallah, walhamdulillah, tamla'ani aw tamla, meaning they both fill or it fills. He mentioned it in the dual form and singular form. He mentioned the verb in the dual form and the singular form. I think, inshallah, everybody's got some type of familiar, familiarity with, with, with the Arabic language, so you know what yeah, we're talking about here. The verb that he used in uh, reference to filling, he used the singular form and he used the dual form. And the reason why he did that was because he was in doubt. Did the Messenger والسلام, say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, fill that which is between the heavens and the earth? Or did he say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, both fill that which is between the heaven and the earth? Okay, so if we translate it, that's the way that you translate it. The Rawi, the narrator of the hadith, he was in doubt. Did the Messenger say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Fill, using the singular form of the verb, fill whatever is between the heaven and the earth. Or did the Prophet ﷺ say, Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, both fill that which is between the heaven and the earth. So, because of that, then there is a potential that the meaning of this particular statement, subhanallah, alhamdulillah, fill the heaven and the earth, fill that which is between the heavens and the earth, means either that subhanallah by itself fills that which is between the heaven and the earth. Yani when you say subhanallah, the reward is so great and mighty that it fills that which is between the heaven and the earth. Or that, Alhamdulillah, by itself, when you say it, the reward of it is so great that Alhamdulillah, by that single statement that you make, fills that which is between the heaven and the earth. Or it could mean, what else? Both of them. That when you say, Subhanallah, Walhamdulillah, together, then both of those statements result in that which is between the heavens and the earth, that space being filled in reward. But in any case, regardless of whether it is when a person says, Subhanallah, 
when a person says Alhamdulillah, or if it's a case that both of them need to be said in order to fill that which is between the heavens and the earth in reward, this here is a great encouragement. To do what? To? To, to make remembrance. To make dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person realizes that by saying Alhamdulillah, the scale becomes filled, filled with reward. That scale that will be presented, that scale that a person's deeds will be weighed upon in the afterlife. Just by saying Alhamdulillah. And that, that which is between the ard and the sama, the earth and the sky, will be filled with reward by a person making dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With these two remembrances, this is an encouragement for him to make tahmeed and tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Praising Allah and glorifying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah, tahmeed. Praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is to praise Him, to praise Him alongside love of Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hamd is to praise alongside love of Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do you praise Him? Why do you praise Him? You praise Him because of His names. You praise Him because of His actions. You praise Him because of His attributes. You praise Him because of His blessings. So when a person reflects upon who Allah is and the names of Allah, he brings to mind that the name of Allah is Ar-Razaq. That name of Allah, Ar-Razaq, the provider, the sustainer, that name is a praise of Him. It's a hamd of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fact that Allah Jalla wa'az, He is the one that gives, He grants, He blesses. The fact that He has the action of granting, He has the action of giving, that action of His is a praise of Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fact that He enters the people of paradise, into paradise by His mercy and enters into the enters the people of hellfire into hellfire the fact that he enters the people of hellfire into hellfire that's a praise of him because that's a manifestation of his justice allah jalla the blessings that he grants us our tongue our eyes our ability to see our ability to hear our ability to breathe our ability to be able to think to reason to use our mind to rationalize all of that is Hamd, praise of him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hamd, praise of him alongside love that we have for him jalla wa in our hearts. So when a person realizes this, then he realizes how great hamd, making hamd, tahmeed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how great it is. As for tasbih, as for glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is declaring Allah jalla wa ala Free of deficiencies, free of faults, free of deficiencies and faults and naqs and ayub. So when a person says, Subhanallah, Subhanallah Ta'ala, when he says, 
glorified by, by, by Allah then he is declaring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be free of any faults, free of any blemishes, free of any deficiencies. Which one is the most virtuous? Hamd is virtuous. Tasbih is virtuous. Praising Allah with love of him is virtuous. Declaring Allah to be free of deficiencies is virtuous. Both of them potentially carry the potential of filling that which is between the heavens and the earth in reward. But which of the two is most virtuous? Does anybody know? Tahmeed or Tasbih? Tasbih. Sheikh Abbas. Was it you that spoke right now? No. Sheikh Naeem said Tasbih. Anybody else want to make ikhtilaf with him on this point? Tahmeed, praising. Sheikh Ahmed is right this time. Tahmeed, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is more virtuous. Why? Because Tahmeed is making itbat, is affirming, is affirming attributes for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, affirming virtuous or noble, sublime attributes of Allah jalla wa'az. Tahmeed is affirming beautiful names of Allah jalla wa'ala. Tahmeed is affirming the blessings of Allah Azza wa Jal. Tahmeed, when you praise Allah, you're affirming. Whereas when you make tasbih, you are negating. You are negating deficiencies from Him. You are negating faults from Him. You are negating that He has a son. You are negating that He has over, he is overcome with sleep. You are negating a partner from Him. You are negating a, a, a partner from Him and so on and so forth. You are negating deficiencies from Him. And Ithbat is more virtuous than nothing. To affirm something, to affirm it is greater than negating something from something, from someone. Okay? So because of the fact that Tahmeed, praise of Allah Jalla wa'az, has within it Ithbat, then therefore Tahmeed carries greater virtue than Tasbih. Because Tasbih contains nothing, contains negation. And our affirmation has greater virtue than negation. So therefore, Tahmeed has, uh, is more virtuous than Mada, than Tasbih. After that, the third part, the third uh, part of Shaykh Abdul Hussain Abad Sharh is when the Messenger said, Wasalatu Noor. Wasalatu Noor. Salah is Noor. Salah is a light. This indicates the great virtue of the Salah. The Salah has been described as being Noor, as being light, light for a person. And this therefore indicates the great importance of the prayer and the danger of being negligent concerning the prayer. And if it is the case that a person has been blessed to live in a town or a city where there is a masjid established upon the sunnah of the messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, then what else does he need 
as in an encouragement for him to pray that salah in a jama'ah. For indeed, it is not appropriate if it is the case that there is a masjid established upon the sunnah of the Messenger in your town, in your city. It is therefore not appropriate and not correct for a person to make an excuse and say, I'm going to pray my Salatul Fajr in the Masjid of Ahlul Bid'ah, in the Masjid of the, of the people of innovation. Why? Because, well, it's easier for me, it's closest to me. If it is the case that in your city there is a Masjid established upon the Sunnah of the Messenger, you should pray that Salah of Al Fajr in Jama'ah with the people of Sunnah, in the Masjid of the, of the people of Sunnah, and not with the people of Bid'ah. As Sheikh Mukbil Ibn Hadir Wadi'i, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, he was asked this question. Should we pray in the masjid that is closer to us or the masjid of the people of the sunnah? You know Sheikh Abdul Muhsin, uh, Sheikh Muqbil, he said? He said you should pray in the masjid of the people of sunnah even if it is further away, further away from you. So it is not correct for a person to say, I'd rather pray with the people of bid'ah because of the fact that they are closer to me, their masjid is closer to me, rather than praying with the people of sunnah. The thing that you're going to save is 10 minutes, 15 minutes of your journey time, 15 minutes of your morning, 10 minutes of your morning. The virtue, the reward that the person gains by being in the company of the people of Sunnah when engaged in acts of worship anyhow, is obviously much more greater than when he's with the people of Bid'ah. Is it the case that your Salah is not going to be valid? No, your salah is going to be valid regardless. Whether you pray, pray with the people of Sunnah or whether you pray with the people of Bid'ah. However, as far as the virtue is concerned, and the virtue is praying with the people of Sunnah, the most is that you're going to save on a 10-15 minutes of your, of your journey time, whether it's walking or whether it's, uh, whether it's going by car. But the virtue is, is in praying with the people of Sunnah. Therefore, for the people that have a masjid of Sunnah established, in their town, in their city, then they should pray with the people of Sunnah and pray in a masjid that is established upon the Sunnah. Because as Shaykh Muqbil, he said, in that masjid, you're going to get the khushur, you're going to get the tranquility, you're going to increase the number of people praying in jama'ah in a masjid of, in a masjid of Sunnah, as opposed to masjid of, of bid'ah. So therefore, the Messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam, he said, as-salatu nur, salah is a nur. Salah is a, is a light encouraging us to be observant concerning the prayer and encouraging us therefore to pray the, sun, pray the prayer according to the sunnah with the people of sunnah. If you notice here the messenger والسلام, he said as-salatu nur prayer is a light and he didn't mention what it is a light for or what type of light it is. Well itlaq يُفِيدُ التَّعْمِيمِ When something is said, when the wording is in the unrestricted form, then it, it, it means uh, generality, it means ta'meem, general and absolute. Meaning, salah is nur for you in the absolute sense of the word. Salah is nur for you. Salatu nur. Salah is a nur. And the messenger mentioned it in the 
unrestricted form. It is a light, and he did not mention what it is a light form. And therefore, this means that Salah is a nur for you in everything, a nur for you in the life of this world. Salah will be a nur for you in your grave. Salah will be a nur for you on Yawm al-Qiyamah. Salah will be a nur for you. When you're crossing over the bridge over the fire of hell into paradise, Salah is a nur and the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam, he mentioned it in the unrestricted form. And when it's mentioned in the unrestricted form, then this indicates ta'meem, that it is absolute and it is not specific to a specific thing. Salah is a nur for you. Nur in your heart. Nur in your face. Physically in your face. Nur as far as being guided is concerned. Nur in the afterlife. That is part number three. Part number four. Sadaqah Burhan. Sadaqah is an evidence. Meaning it's an evidence of your Iman. Sadaqah is an evidence of your Iman. Because a person finds it difficult to part from his wealth. To give in charity is hard. To give in charity is difficult. Because you want to get your nice house, you want to get your nice car, you want to get your nice footwear, you want to get your nice takeaway, what have you. And if you, if you have to spend that portion of wealth that is beloved to you in the path of Allah, you're going to find it to be slightly difficult. But if you do so, then that is a proof, that is an evidence, that is a burhan of your, of your iman. Number five. That was part number four. Sadaqah Burhan, that was part number four. Part number five, and uh, we'll conclude with that for obvious reasons. Wasabru uh, Dhiya, part number five, Wasabru Dhiya. Sabr is a Dhiya, again, a light, a form of light. Meaning, Sabr, patience upon, who can mention the three forms of, pay, of patience? Yahya. Patience upon obedience to Allah, Adam. Patience in terms of refraining from the acts of disobedience, uh, Ammar. Patience as far as the pre-decrees of Allah are concerned. Those things that happen in life that you find difficult. Be patient in that regard. If you exercise patience in these three uh, uh, arenas, these three affairs, then that patience will be a baya for you. That patience will be a, will be a, will be a light for you. What's the difference there then between part number three, was salatu nur, salat is a nur, and part number five, was sabr diya, and sabr is a diya. Salat is a light, sabr is a light. But the word that is used to describe the light for salat is nur, and the light that is, uh, the word that is used to, to describe the light for sabr, is the hmm. So they're both the same, huh? They're both the same. Salah is a light, sabr is a light, both the same. Or is there a difference? Hmm? Who is stronger? Hmm? Okay, we're getting somewhere. Ah. Say that again. Salah is a light in everything? No, if you exercise 
Yes, salah is a light in everything, and if you exercise patience, then the patience will be a light for you as well, in everything. It was, uh, it was indefinite here as well. Noor is light without any no huh? heat maybe uh, on the, along, along, along the right lines without any burning Noor is a light without any burning Daya is a light with with burning وَالَّذِي جَعَلَ الشَّمْسَ ضِيَاءً وَالْقَمَرَ نُورًا هُوَ الَّذِي جَعَلَ الشَّمْسَ ضِيَاءً وَالْقَمَرَ نُورًا He is the one, يعني الله, He is the one that has made the sun a ضِيَاء a ضِيَاء, a light, but what type of light? Obviously the sun it burns, doesn't it? A light that has some type of element of burning وَالْقَمَرَ نُورًا But he's made the قمر, the moon as a Noor as a light and the qamar, the light that comes from the qamar, the light that comes from the moon, doesn't burn. So what's so significant about this as far as this hadith is concerned? Salah is a noor, a light, a light that doesn't burn because and sabr is a light, but a light that burns, meaning there is some type of difficulty. There is some type of you know you could say ihraqun nafs, burning of the soul. That happens when you're exercising patience. It's difficult, isn't it? You've been told uh, to do uh, to keep away from this particular sin, and it's hard for you. There's a type of burning sensation, you could say. Somebody in your family passes away. You have to be patient, and that patient—it's not easy. It's very, very difficult. It's hard for your soul. It's burning your soul. That's why sabr has been described as a biya, as a light that has some type of burning element to it. However, salah, prayer, that's a coolness to your eye. There's no burning in there. It's something that gives you serenity and peace and tranquility. It's a coolness to your eye. And therefore, it's been described as a nur, as a light, but the light that doesn't have any burning element to it. Inshallah ta'ala will continue with this uh, hadith and these particular points uh, uh, next week. Wallahu ta'ala a'lam wa sallallahu ma'ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.